just want to say hi to any listeners out there. If anybody's listened to my new podcast, this is Insignificant Man. Just put together some recordings, uh, my thoughts, and wanted to share them with people. I also have a channel on YouTube under the same name, Insignificant Man. I put together videos and any other visual aids that I can add to the talks. But if you are not able to access YouTube, my podcasts are available on a lot of different platforms through anchor.fm. So I hope you enjoy and I hope you listen and I'll get started. Okay, today I wanted to talk about energy centers, our bodies, the truth about our bodies, and the importance of why we need to know this about ourselves. This is a point of beginning for healing for everybody, really, to heal others, but to start off with, to heal ourselves. I just want to take a quick second to kind of dedicate this recording, this episode, to two individuals, well, really three individuals, but one is Kathy Phillips, that used to be Kathy O'Brien, and Mark Phillips, who rescued Kathy from a life of slavery, pretty much. Since she was an infant, she has been sexually abused her whole life until she met Mark Phillips, and he saw this, recognized this, and rescued her, and not just her, her daughter as well. So her daughter was subjected to all of this as well from the uh, beginning of her daughter's life, and her daughter right now is still working on healing from all the trauma, mental, physical trauma, and spiritual trauma that occurred during her lifetime, and all of this is basically because of our government. And if you read her book called Transformation of America, and it's in the link in my description box below, but I encourage everyone to take a look at this, especially what's going on in the world right now where a lot of these sex rings and human trafficking rings are being taken down. Trump is doing a really good job, and the alliance has made a main focus to free these people, kids and adults, from this type of life. And they're doing a great job, and there's still more to come. The reason I'm bringing this up is because there's going to be a lot of mental healing that's going to be needed. And when you break it down, it really is PTSD. And PTSD can be across multiple levels. It doesn't just have to be from combat. So I think most people attribute PTSD to uh, people from Vietnam or World War II, you know, shell shock, you know, the original term for it. From my military experience and my friends and, and other individuals I served with in multiple branches, and I still work with a lot of them today, there, there's always a little bit of, of mental trauma that everyone still deals with some, and, and it's different for everybody else. And so it's not just the same for everyone. I've had to kind of face some issues myself, but not nearly with the amount of intensity of, say, individuals who have been uh, blown up for, uh, with uh, traumatic brain injury. Blast waves really do trauma to the brain. And without people being able to recognize this, then they don't know what to work on. And so just identifying it allows them a focus to put their energy into healing. And to begin the healing process, you really need to know the truth about your body and how we're made and how it all works together. So I just want to give a shout out to Kathy Phillips and her daughter and Mark Phillips. And Mark just recently passed away a couple years ago, but he was instrumental in 
helping Kathy and her daughter escape and also bring about help for other PTSD victims. Kathy has just recently released a new book talking about PTSD. And when you think about it, it's just kind of amazing how huge this problem is. Information on these next few recordings, next few episodes I'm going to be doing, focuses basically on this process of understanding and learning healing and just more truth about the universe we live in. And this is for everybody. Everybody can apply it even more so to people that are trying to recover from some type of mental trauma, even physical trauma, because you have to deal with that mentally as well. And then spiritual trauma right along with that. And people might not even realize that they've had some trauma in that area. So it just kind of wakes up your awareness and will bring everything together with a better understanding. So, all right, here we go. To begin this process, we all have to understand that this is a form of healing and we all need healing from being lied to for so long. We've all been believers in everything we've been told is true as far as we know it, I guess. There are those individuals that have been hiding a lot of this from us, and there's a good reason for it, because they would lose control. And the perfect example of this is Emmanuel. So Emmanuel is a perfect example of what everybody will be moving towards. But to begin this process, we kind of have to understand why haven't we been progressing in that direction from then till now. And we need to understand distortions. The biases that we have, the distortions we have, if you think about it, what exactly is the distortion? It's your distorted view on something, right? So if you're looking through cloudy glasses, you need to clear those lenses so it's not so distorted. So when you're snorkeling or scuba diving in the ocean, you know, you want to have clear lenses. So less distorted, more clarity. So we're looking for clarity. Well, how do we get rid of those distortions? Well, the amazing thing is, is think of another word that... Pretty much is the exact same thing as distortions, and that's first thing that jumps to my mind is opinions. So we all have opinions, right? And we all like to say, well, I have a right to my opinion, and that is absolutely true. We all have a right to our opinion. Not everybody's opinions match up, and they shouldn't match up, because everybody's learning things at a different time, in a different place, from a different perspective. So distortions are opinions, and these create biases as well. We will get very emotional over a certain topic or a certain issue or a certain circumstance or situation. And if you stop and take a minute to think about why you reacted the way you reacted, why you said the things you said, why you're thinking the way you're thinking, it has to do with your past and, and the past of where we lived, who we've lived around, and the societies that we've lived in. Once we understand that, then we have to, if we take the time to look at this stuff, and usually we're all so busy these days that not a whole lot of people take the time, have the time. They're focused on living and going to work, kids, uh, family, no family, just job, traveling, whatever, you name it. We're always made to be so busy because we got to financially support ourselves constantly and keep uh, this plan and this economy going. So we have opinions. Well, we ever stop to think, you know, how are we getting these opinions? What are we basing these opinions off of? And are they correct and who's to really say what's right and wrong? But are they the least distorted opinions? Are they the least distorted viewpoints that you've discovered maybe about that topic up to that point? Well, if we don't have 
a solid foundation to begin with, then there's an infinite amount of distortions with almost an impossibility to come down to one central foundation. So we have to come down to the beginning. And it really does start with the beginning, the beginning of the beginning. So in the beginning, you know, what was there? And from our Bibles, our previous texts that have survived through ages, it all talks about God, a single entity people have called God. Other religions have, might have different names, but there's a, a creator. Now, if you are in the science world and are unable to or do not see science and a creation perspective as being able to blend together, then you might be of a perspective or opinion that you know, science rules everything and you have to be able to prove everything, everything you can see. If you can't see it, then you can't prove it. Or you might be atheist and you just do not believe in any kind of God or any kind of intelligent creator, that everything just happened to be, happened to come to be by chance. Which reminds me of uh, one of my favorite books by R.C. Sproul, Not a Chance. He's a great philosopher, a great theologian, and he really, he really lays things out in an understandable point of view. At the same time, I think pretty fairly showing the perspective from the other side as well, So which I, I really like that. But to really begin the healing process, we have to find first truth from the beginning. And by first truth from the beginning, I mean the, the clearest version possible, the, the least distorted perspective or amount of information that shows us exactly how things came to be. And I believe the raw material, the Law of One, is probably one of the best texts that human race has ever been able to record and pass on of the most undistorted viewpoint of creation. And this is so important because everything else after this point hinges off of this understanding. So this is it. In the beginning, there was infinity. There's mystery right away. We don't know the beginning and we don't know the end. I mean, life is still going. We don't know when it's going to end. And any kind of records or writings about this talk about just mystery. They don't know. So we have to accept that in the beginning, there was just infinity. It just was. And it's, it's a mystery to us. But the next piece of information we get is infinity became aware. And this focus of awareness created what we call love. And that's what I've talked about before. That's what is so amazing about when you read old passages in the Bible from the apostles. And they're talking about God is love. And when Jesus is saying, I and the Father are one, and God and love are the same thing, it's amazing because it really is the most powerful thing that we know of in this existence. So in the beginning, there was infinity. Infinity became aware, and then it became focused. And that focus of energy, we call love. Now, other people, I think uh, maybe it's Greek, uh, but another word for it also is logos. So the logos or love. And when you think about, you know, phrases we have like love conquers all and stuff like that, you know, we kind of just think of this romantic type of love between two people and and it's it's so awesome and beautiful. But no, love is actually the most powerful thing in existence. And when infinity became aware, the focus on infinity 
was love. Well, this focus was free will. So free will was this focus on infinity that created love because infinity wanted to know itself. And so it decided to create. So by its free will, it created. And the first thing that came into being was intelligent energy. And from intelligent energy came light. And light has created all matter. And this all happened instantaneously. And so that's why it's so amazing how everything is connected between love, intelligent energy, and light. There was an order to it, but it, they all come directly from each other and all work together as one and inseparable in nature. So that's why there's there's like this inseparable connection between love and light. Like light is love and love is light. Just like love and light are the creator as well. It is infinity. It's intelligent as well. It's it's not it's not just chaos or chance. Because chance are even given a name. Well, where'd chance come from? Well, <laughs> So it's intelligent. So this beginning, this infinity is intelligent. It became aware. It became focused. It created love. And from this love, it produced light. And from light, all matter exists. That's on a physical level and a metaphysical level. So what we can see and what we cannot see. So and there's so much more that we cannot see that's happening. I mean, just like sound. We can't see sound waves. We can see light. We can't see all light spectrums. You know, so we know that there's a whole world out there, a whole universe out there of things that we can't see. Light went out into the darkness and began to create. So in this creation then moved to co-creators. So infinity created light. The energy that came from this focus on infinity created love. From this love came intelligent energy. And so it's intelligent and it's also infinite. It came from infinity. So it's it's all within itself. So it's contained all within one. So this awareness, focused awareness on infinity created love. Love created intelligent energy. And this intelligent energy, this infinite intelligent energy, created light. So this light goes out and creates all things. And then its first kind of step, I guess you say, is co-creators. And we call those stars. So you think back to... You know, the Bible, if you ever heard anybody quote the Bible, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. So what are in the heavens? Well, the stars are in the heavens. And what are these stars? They are a creation of intelligent energy and intelligent infinity. They are a creation of light and that energy. And he decided to delegate the ability for these stars to create as well, just as he was able to create. And so... Free will was given to them to create how they see fit as well. And that's how everything breaks down into different galaxies and star systems. Because the one infinite creator created stars, made them co-creators. So he is all one with all of creation, but he is also somewhat outside of creation because he's delegated and allowed these other creators to exist and gave him free will to create just as he created or it created since... Infinity does not have any kind of polarity. It is singleness. It is oneness. It's unity. So there's no polarity. There's no positive or negative. There's no male or female. It's just infinity, intelligent infinity. So I guess after we hear this and we think about it for a while and understand it, then the next kind of step for healing is for us to understand that everything is one. Everything has been created by the one infinite creator and has been created by these co-creators 
that there, because everything is one, there is no right or wrong. There is no, I guess you say, disharmony. There is no positive or negative. And once you realize that, that that's huge. That is so huge because that is one of the primary reasons for someone to judge themselves is by our society. So this society of, of rules, of morality. And where did all these rules come from? And who, who decreed this? And who decreed that? And who said this is okay? And, and then sin. So now you bring in sin. Where the heck did sin come from? Someone just said that, well, this was a sin. Well, okay, well, how, what makes it a sin? Because this evil guy over here, he's doing the same thing. But is it a sin if you're evil? Because don't evil people do evil things? So to an evil person, that's doing right, <laughs> isn't it? So sinning is good for evil people because that's what they do. But it's bad for good people because good people don't sin. Well, what the heck is sin? Give me a definition of sin. I'm still waiting uh, to hear a good definition from anybody else. And and we judge ourselves whether we realize it or not. Or it still is in the back of our mind because it's aiding it. In, as a foundation for a lot of our decisions. So maybe people are anti-church, anti-God, and anti the moral lifestyle, and they just want to be free and do what they want and don't want to be told what to do, uh, how to do it, and when to do it. They want their freedom without any condemnation. And when we start judging ourselves, that's, that's the condemnation starting to come in, and then we're putting that stuff on ourselves. The reason we shouldn't understand that we're doing it to ourselves is because there is no right and wrong in the beginning with creation, with the creator. The most powerful thing in the world is intelligent infinity, and it created from free will. So it gave to everybody else in its creation that same free will. Now, if you start talking... <clears throat> Uh, Protestants, <laughs> and you start and you break it down into a Reformed or Arminianist, or Reformed rather we'd call Calvinism or Arminianism. Now this gets in the whole area of predestination and the whole issue of free will as well. And, and can you deny God if he's trying to save you <laughs> and that whole argument? Funny thing is, is it, it's not what you'd expect. It, it the comedy in it is they're both right. It's just we don't know the whole story. We don't know everything about what's going on. So we can't, we, we've made all these concrete foundational points that we are unwavering from when we know we don't know everything. <laughs> and for some reason, it's the hardest thing in the world for a theologian or a lot of people to say, I don't know. It's okay. And say, for my best judgment, this is how I appear. It, how it appears to me. And then here we go with our opinions, our distortions, our biases, and our, our perspectives and point of views. So once we understand that there's no right or wrong, there's no polarity within the completeness of one creator, and free will is paramount, it makes everything possible. And if everything is possible, then everything is permissible. And that's exactly what was brought up. I, I believe it was Paul talk, was talking about this. And I forget who he was talking to, uh, what letter was it was in off the top of my head, but he, he he has this group telling him that by what you're saying, everything is permissible. 
And he writes back to him and says, you say everything is permissible. I say not everything is beneficial. But then you all, and which he's, he's exactly right. And he's, it's so profound. And I think people forget the profoundness in what he said and what was going on there. Because by the reasoning, they did, they did come to the point where they realized everything is permissible. But from Paul's perspective, and he's a person striving on a positive path, he has to find out for himself what is permissible. And I remember in our lives, we're going one of two directions, either in a positive direction or in a negative direction. You know, we call it good and evil, um, but this kind of brings a lot of judgment and connotation just e- even on that, and which which called distortions. So to kind of take away any kind of labels and just think about it a little more plainly, positive and negative, and trying to think of it without any kind of judgment attached, because there should be no judgment if everything is permissible. So Paul was saying to these people that, you say everything is permissible. I say not everything is beneficial. And he's exactly right. They're right. And he's right. So they're both right. Everything is permissible. There should be no judgment on anything. But it's up to the individual to find out what is beneficial for them. And that's that's kind of the core of how you begin healing, especially on the, the mind, body, and spirit. And And there's a complexity to it that I'll get into later. But as far as right now, well, when I talk about an individual, I'm talking about the whole scope of the mind, body, and spirit. So because the creator created free will and love was the result of free will focused on infinity, he gave that same exact free will to everything else in his creation. So the co-creators, the stars, they're creating with their full, full free will. And they're implementing their own kind of versions, I guess you'd say, with different rules and parameters and and different things they might be trying. And creation is always trying to know itself. And the whole reason everything is created is to help the creator know itself. So he is collecting every single last bit of information from its whole creation. We are aiding the creator, the one infinite creator, in knowing itself better. And when we know ourselves better, then he knows ourselves better because he's learning from all of us. He's living through us. He's he's seeing, he's living in us and he's collecting all that information and putting it all together. So when a new star forms a new galaxy, it creates with the new knowledge that's gained from all the other stars previous to it. So, I mean, it really is an amazing process. And that process is afforded to us as well. And so all these rules, all this condemnation that's come down on us, that's from society. And that's also from other beings that have been created out there that are higher than us. And I've talked about this before. There's different density of beings. So we are the third density, and that's a a chemical body density. And a good example of what I mean by chemical body is you take drugs and (laughs) you get a chemical reaction. You take alcohol, you get a chemical reaction. So after this density, there's it moves on to more of a, a light body densities and so on and so forth. And I'll talk about that in, in another talk. But we have these, and, you know, and they've divided into positive and negative as well. So what's going on right now is there's a harvest coming up, and they're wanting us to graduate to fourth density. But there's going to be a fourth density negative or a fourth density positive. So they're each trying to gain the largest harvest possible. But there's rules. 
and I've talked to you about this before, the, well, really there's one rule. <laughs> it is free will. Now they have the free will to break it. They have the free will to breach it. But those who are a positive path serve the creator by preserving free will at all costs. And there's a lot to that. It's, 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 a, it's, it's a whole nother talk in itself as well. But the negative beings, they'll do anything possible to come right up to it and accomplish their goal without breaching, or they might flat out uh, breach person's free will. So this free will has been afforded to us, and there is no right and wrong, so there is no judgment, so there should be no judgment on us. And that brings us back to sin. What is sin? What is it? Why do we judge ourselves by this sin, this choices of good and evil, the, the Ten Commandments? You know, thou shalt not do this, thou shalt not do that. Well, we understand love created everything, and love came from the focus of free will on infinity. So isn't making rules outside the scope of love? It absolutely is. Absolutely is. So then you got to wonder, were, were there higher density beings manipulating us, us third density beings, here to accomplish their goal? And I believe absolutely. This is absolutely the case. And I think I've talked about this before in a previous talk, but the creation of the Ten Commandments and the creation of the Ark of the Covenant. When you finally understand this battle going on between positive and negative beings that are higher density than us, then you can understand that this is absolutely possible. And not only possible, it definitely happened when you look at the evidence. What came out? The creation of the Ten Commandments. That is a negative action. That is breaching someone's free will by telling them what they can or cannot do. And this also limits the creator in knowing himself and also brings condemnation and judgment on ourselves and then on others. Because we start looking past ourselves, we start looking at others. And we start judging each other by this same exact fashion. So a good point of example in the current uh, situation right now, masks, you know? Well, I don't want to wear my mask. Well, you have to. Why? Because they told you to. Okay. Well, I live in a free country. So if I can't choose for myself to put a mask on or off, then my freedoms are being taken away, right? Correct. Same exact way with the Ten Commandments. If we're recovering from any kind of mental trauma, kind of just thinking right now about children and children who've grown up in a world of slavery, sex slavery, into adulthood, subjected to mind control techniques where their free will and birthrights have just been violated over and over and over, and they've never known a life with free will, that there's going to be a lot of healing needed mentally. And the first way to really start the mental healing is to realize that you don't have to judge yourself. There is no right and wrong. What happened, happened. There's nothing good or bad about it. But there is, there are things to learn from it. And so it's like a, it's like a debrief. You know, you have a plan of action. You might have a theory or a hypothesis. You come back and then you debrief and say, find the things that were good and find the things that were bad. And so this is kind of that healing part of how to forgive ourselves if there's any kind of judgment being put on ourselves, any kind of feeling of unworthiness and believing in a one and infinite creator, an intelligent, infinite creator is where we all have to start. That is the foundation. That is the first true, first full truth. 
and understanding what the process of creation is and where we fit into that process. And how we fit into this process is we are co-creators. So from love came infinite energy. From infinite energy came light. From light became stars. Stars were given the free will to create. They became co-creators. Now we are co-co-creators. We are the next level of that creation. And you look around us. We are living and interacting on so many different energetic levels. It's insane. And we're creating all this catalyst and environment for learning, for experience, for everything. So everything has to be permissible if the creator wants to continue to know itself because it learns through us. And so we have to experience things. We have to see what we feel is good or bad, beneficial or not beneficial for us. So this is the whole process of, of life that we are given to accomplish. And so there should be no judgment on ourselves first and then look outwards towards others and no judgment towards others. And then you know the, the progression starts from there. So sin, my definition of sin, the best I've come up with is it's an acronym. So S-I-N. For more from the positive polarity perspective, I call it the selfishness increasing neutrality. So the worst thing that could happen for anybody is to remain neutral. So you have to polarize positive or negative. So you want to, if you're going to polarize towards the positive, then there are actions that will reduce your strength and polarity. And first and foremost, just free will and just how we treat each other. So if we try to dominate over people, over societies and oppress them and force them to follow rules and laws, then that's of a negative polarity. So I guess you could call that sin for a positive person. That is selfishness increasing neutrality. Because in this existence, there's we have to learn to love. But there's two forms of love. You can either love yourself or you can love others. So the negative path is to love yourself. Positive path is to love others first. So selfishness increasing neutrality. Now, my definition of sin from a negative polarity perspective is you know loving the self first so love of self is pretty much the same thing instead of selfishness increasing neutrality selfishness increases negativity so for a negative person person on the negative path of love they want to increase their negative polarity so selfishness increasing negativity for a positive person selfishness increasing neutrality these negative actions will reduce our polarity but the amazing thing is is we are able to strive along both paths and build up polarity along both paths but the further up the, the stronger you are in polarity the easier it is to cross over and they both have the same amount of energy i guess you would say needed to achieve both but uh when you look into the universe and you, know, you talk to other being or through other beings that have talked to us through channelings and, and such, they talk about the the amount of positive polarity in the universe is like ninety percent, and there's only about ten percent of beings in the known universe that are negative. So, in my opinion, it just comes out more that it's easier to cross polarities with more polarity that you have, but because this increases the potential between two points but it's it's just easier 
or I guess it has a higher percentage rate of negative beings crossing over to the positive side, the positive polarity. And this is evident in a lot of stories and and how I came to Jesus type type uh, stories is there's a lot of people that were on a negative path and you would even consider them to be evil people. Uh, Ted Bundy, I think is kind of the first name that jumps to my mind and, and a lot of people could probably think of other people as well. Uh, maybe in hardcore drugs, trafficking, I don't know, just you name it, the, the sins of the flesh, they are living them to the full, you know? And then all of a sudden one day something happened and they came around and now they're huge devoted Christians, believe in Jesus and the resurrection and are just hardcore. And some of them will even jump right into uh, preaching, you know, because there is this potential that increases between this these two polarities. And their energy on the negative polarity was built up so high that the ability for them to shift polarities is stronger. It's easier. And the people that are more neutral, they have no charge. There's, there's no polarity whatsoever. So they just kind of sit there without any charge or sway one way or the other. So it's kind of a little recap here. All things are one. There's no polarity. There's no wrong or right. No disharmony. There is only unity. That one is light, love, the one infinite creator. So where did God come into all this? Where did we get the name God? Well, the Bible, pretty much. The old Hebrew texts. Talking about a God creating us, Adam and Eve, <clears throat> the apple, the Garden of Eden, and that whole deal. So who is God? Well, God is very real. And that's what I love about the Talmud of Emmanuel, because this is the first time we get an actual, accurate account of what Jesus was saying when he was here. And it's just amazing. I mean, and he distinctly says over and over to his disciples that in your ignorance, you think God and the Creator are the same thing, and they are not. And he, he very passionately says that there is a huge difference, that God, yes, He's real, and He is of a higher intelligence that you can't even comprehend. Absolutely. But He is not the one infinite Creator. He is not creation. He didn't create everything. He is a created being, and He even calls a man. So He has evolved as a man to a, such a high consciousness. And he also is one with the Creator, but he's evolved so far past what we can even comprehend that he seems like a God or can come across as a God when he talks to us or when anybody that serves the Creator with him, like any of the archangels that we think of, like Michael or Gabriel. Uh, these are also high, highest, higher consciousness beings of seventh density. So once you reach the seventh density, you actually cross over into the next octave. So Ra talks about these beings are coming from the octave above. And it is the highest honor and duty to serve as these guardians that come from octave above us. And what they're doing and what they've been charged with is protecting the light. And they are the main ones overseeing. They are the ones in charge of the harvest. And this is God. Emmanuel even says what God's name means. And his name means kingly wisdom. So he is the king. He is the king of kings. He is the Lord of lords. And that is so true. And he is, but he is not creation. He is not the one infinite creator. And Emmanuel even mentions that even God gives complete praise to the magnificence of creation and the one infinite creator. So God is a guardian. 
He is the King of Kings. He's the King of Guardians. And he is charged with protecting the light. And just like Gabriel and all the other angels, they're in charge of everything in our octave, of facilitating what needs to be facilitated, what what needs to be nurtured. So when Emmanuel is giving all those metaphors about the master owning property and leaving the property to his caretakers to bring the crop to to its fullest and he doesn't return for a long time and then the caretakers start to abuse all the people that work in those fields and they're starting to yield low fruit then the parable continues where then the owner sends his son and so the people charged with taking care of the property and the crops see that it's his son and said you know we don't even need to abuse this guy we're going to kill him so if we kill him then we inherit everything and so they kill him and then eventually the owner will return and this is what god is talking about is when he returns for the harvest returning to our octave from where he is which is outside of our understanding i guess pretty much he's returning for the harvest and yes he might have been the one that created adam and eve and i think there's nothing that refutes that story but our perspective on that might have to change as well because of our understanding of other beings living out in the universe and the roles that they play. And that's why I love the book of Enoch, because it describes these responsibilities and duties of these angels such as Gabriel and the likes and how they're serving the creator. Okay, so back to Emmanuel. One more thing I wanted to bring up with Emmanuel was... Another thing you talked about, which brings to light what I was talking about earlier with there is no right and wrong in unity. There is no disharmony. Everything is permissible. We, it's on us to find out what's beneficial. But Emmanuel even says that it's silly for us to even think about humanity falling away from God. That humanity has never fallen away from God. Every person's spirit has been created individually for the task of perfecting itself. Just like creation is trying to perfect itself. Our job is to perfect ourselves as well, perfecting our spirits. Our spirits and the light inside of us is the creator. So we have to nurture this. We have to build it. We have to strengthen it. And we strengthen our spirit with knowledge. And this is our individual task because we've all been created individually at this point to accomplish this. Once we feed ourselves knowledge of the truth, like I said before, we gain understanding. And when we gain knowledge of the truth, we gain understanding and we gain wisdom. And this is how you strengthen your spirit. Part of that is the body and mind as well, because they are linked. They are all one unit as well. They're all united. We have to strengthen. We have to balance. We have to know. We have to understand our bodies, our minds, and our spirits. So our spirits are striving for perfection as well. And then this information, this knowledge from our spirit goes to the Creator, and this is how the Creator perfects itself. It perfects it through us living and experiencing life, through catalyst and, and, and preserving free will, because if you pre- preserve free will, then you preserve the genuine choice. And the choice is huge. And if it's tainted in any way, then it was manipulated, and it's not pure choice of that individual. And it's not a, a pure recording of what you found to be beneficial or not beneficial. So it's all going back to the Creator living through us and perfecting itself by our lives. So now that we know this, 
we know there's a purpose to life and that's to serve the creator either in a positive or a negative way so once we know this once we realize it our purpose in life is to evolve towards the creator and is to live for the creator and to learn and it's either going to be positive or negative and there doesn't need to be any judgment or condemnation one way or the other it just is and kind of another purpose of this life is to win this game this game of life you really have to be able to love and it's to either love yourself or love others and to love yourself it's pretty pretty simple i think we all understand that it's to continue living the way of human nature um lying cheating stealing doing whatever we want when or want when we want serving ourselves first our our needs come first loving others you're putting others needs first and every action is showing that and and once we start moving down this road of serving others first we realize we're really serving the creator and any person anybody anything that we're interacting with we're serving the creator and on a positive side to win this game of life the only way to win it at this stage in game in third density is to show our hands is to show and be able to freely show without fear because there is no fear within perfect love and that's what we're striving for is perfect love and wisdom so to to be able to show everything about ourselves to others is to completely open up and be free and that's how you perfect love is showing everybody everything about you and not being ashamed of it and in return you look at everybody else around you and say i accept you for no matter who you are no, no matter what you do and what you've done i don't care because when i look at you all i see is the creator and i see the creator learning and i see unity there is balance in that person person there's potential balance in that person as of right now they're at this point in life as of right now i'm at this point in life i don't need to judge myself i don't need to judge anybody else this is the perfection of love and there is no fear and that's what's that's amazing when john said that in i believe it was, it was chapter four something like that and another verse i think is just kind of forgotten about and without a realization of how strong it is but there is no fear within perfect love i mean it's just amazing and you think about how many decisions you make in your day based off of fear and it's crazy so the more truth we know about the universe that we live in and we know the truth about the one infinite creator we know the truth about god we know the truth about these angels these guardians we know the truth about higher density beings and a graduation process between these densities and we are in third density and each density strives to graduate to the next and that's the process we're in and that transition point when it comes time to transition from one density to the next that's a harvest and there's nothing to be afraid of like this is the process of evolution this is how beings evolve all the higher density beings have gone through this process before and this third density is the most intense density of them all so it's just amazing how much pain and suffering there is but how beautiful it is at the same time by the amount of extreme catalyst and extreme situations of learning of environment capable of learning and making choices every single day just think about how many choices you make i mean it's just insane it's crazy so once we know all this there are steps to understand this and break it down kind of systematically starting with ourselves and you always have to start with the self so like i said before we are a body we are a mind and we are a spirit and we are a third density being 
when the baby's developing in the womb, it's like a second density form because there is no mind or spirit in the body. It is just a body. It's got its nervous system, and the brain is there prepared for the mind, the spine prepared for all the energy centers, red, orange, yellow, green, blue, indigo, violet. It's all prepared there in preparation with full potential of pretty much the universe. So every infant that is growing, that is cooking inside of a mother, it is potential, Is it contains the universe. That's That's the potential that's in an infant. And then once it's born, it's mind and spirit inhabit that body. And with three together, this is what makes us third density beings. You have to balance them both. You have to strengthen them both. You have to maintain, excuse me, you have to balance all three. You have to maintain all three. And it's constant work. But that's that's the whole point of us living. So to kind of start off, there's got to be like some kind of a, a systematic way to view it. And, and there absolutely is. And it's not only systematic, it's systematically organized with truth. And step one is to seek love. So in third density, our job is to learn how to love. Like I said before, love yourself or love others. So you have to seek love. In every situation, love exists. We have to look for it. We have to actively be conscious of it. No matter how angry we are, how emotional we are about this or that, we have to find love in every situation, in every choice that we make, we either love ourselves, we put our, we made a decision to put ourselves first, or we make a decision to put others first before ourselves. And eventually down the road, when you put others first, you eventually start making those choices where it doesn't matter what you get in return. So it's genuine love of others without any want of return. And that's kind of just where it goes to from there. The universe is one being we've talked about the universe is one the one infinite creator everything is inside the creator and so that's true about everybody else that you see when you see another person you see the creator the one infinite creator has created them to live and experience life in a totally unique different way might be close might be similar might be completely different but we all know this we all know how different we are every single being in existence is different because they're all collecting data. They're all collecting information for the one infant creator. They're all serving the infant creator in a completely unique way, according to them. So when we look at ourselves in the mirror, we see the creator. We look at other people, we see the creator. We don't need to punch each other. We don't need to get in fights. We don't need to go to war. We don't need to do this because all we're doing is destroying the creator and destroying the chance for the creator to continue to learn in every single life that comes into being on this physical plane. So, number one, seek love. Number two, see the Creator. Know that everything is one. Look in the mirror and see the Creator. Look at others, see the Creator. See all of creation around you as the Creator. The oceans, the mountains, the trees, you know, the environment, everything on this planet, everything past this planet, the other planets, the stars, everything, the air, the chemicals, the molecules, you know, in the world of science, every little bit of matter comes from light. The light, the energy, the infinite energy interacts with the light in such a way that it'll form different molecules of matter. And this is how different matter comes into being. Now, the only way to really solidify like these previous steps 
is you have to meditate. You have to spend time contemplating. You know, meditation, contemplating, they can be seen as the same thing. They can also be seen as differently. That's up to, I think, everybody to discover for themselves. And prayer. Prayer is absolutely necessary. And it's slightly different than meditation, but it's still a meditation. But there's like a different kind of will being used in prayer versus meditation. It's more internal. Prayer is more external. Could be for the self, could be for others. You know, that depends on on what it is you're praying for and, you know, the individual praying. But without either meditation, contemplation, or prayer, these previous steps that I mentioned won't sink in. So you have to stop and think about this stuff. You have to take time out of your day and just be quiet and still quiet your mind, still your mind, and just think about your opinions, your distortions, what makes you, you. And there's there's a good way to go about it and get to that here in a minute. And it really has to do with knowing our bodies, knowing our minds, knowing our spirits. And if you're on the positive path, if you consider yourself a, a good person and, and you want to strive that direction, then you're going to be loving others first. And this is what Emmanuel brought to the table. This is his whole message of love your neighbor as yourself, to learn how to love the ways of love. And this is why Emmanuel is so important and so amazing, because he himself became that perfect picture of love. So if you believe in Jesus, then you believe in love. If you believe in love, you believe in the Creator. And this is along the positive path. So this applies to everybody in the world, no matter if you're Jewish or Islam or Mormon or whatever. Uh, any type of Catholic, Protestant uh, religion, this applies to everybody. And you don't have to be a Christian to see that the example Jesus left was the perfect example of love. And so if you're seeking the positive path, he is a great stepping stone for that first cornerstone decision. It comes down to you have to put energy forth to crossing from crossing a threshold to the ways of love. And that is making that first cornerstone decision. And I've talked about this in a previous talk. Emmanuel became that cornerstone decision. So everybody, and this is creation-wide. This is the process. So when people are wondering if it just applies to this planet, absolutely not, because the Creator is love, and these are the steps towards love. If you're on a positive path, you need to make that first cornerstone decision that solidifies, and then everything after that is a process of what they call doubling, or the law of squares, where you add up the first decision, the cornerstone decision is the mark. The next action you take in love is an action that has energy. The second action has energy and doubles the previous one. The third action doubles the energy of the second one. The fourth one doubles the energy of the third one and just goes on and on and on and on and compounds. And this is how you build up polarity. This is the process. So love of others. And what's the best way to do that? How, how do we do that? And there is no best way, really. It really is up to the individual. But we have to know ourselves. We have to know what makes us think the way we think. We have to know ourselves and what makes us do the things that we do. And in this way, the best way to share love is to share the love of the Creator as it's known to yourself. So my personality, I feel the best way I can serve the Creator is by treating others around me this certain way. And these are the things that have made me this way. And my likes, dislikes, my personality, my humor, my... Uh, ability to focus, determination, um, skills that I'm good at, 
and so on and so forth, but it's different for everybody. So you can't say there's a best way, but to say there's a best way, it's just to love the creator in the best way you know how. And just let that radiate outwards and and not be afraid of condemnation or judgment. And and everyone around you is going to benefit from this. I mean, it's just amazing when you think of the joy that it brings to you when you're able to be yourself without hurting anybody else around you. And I think everybody knows that sick feeling you get when you've hurt someone's feelings or you've hurt them physically. And it wasn't intentional or was intentional, but you want to take it back. And this is one of the things we need to 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 think about at the end of every day is how do I fix that? Because everything is being experienced to learn from. So I don't like the way I treated that person. Well, tomorrow I'm going to do it better. I didn't treat that person very good. Tomorrow I'm going to apologize and I'm going to ask for forgiveness. And like I've talked about before, the importance of forgiveness because there is a karma out there and that's part of creation. There's a, a wheel of action, inertia, and karma, and it comes back around. But the first step is understanding the body, the mind, and the spirit. And start with the mind because the mind is kind of where everything has its beginning. Your consciousness is your mind. And the body is a product of the mind. And the spirit is strengthened by the combination of the body and the mind together. But we have to understand the body and know the truth about it. Truth about the things that we can't see that we don't know about. You know, we look at it as like a machine. But it's not just a machine. It's energetic. There's all kinds of unseen energies flowing all around us. And a lot of us today have seen that or heard about it, at least in you know, Indian cultures with uh, chakras and acupuncture has to do with this as well. But there's an understanding that needs to be made on how our body works. And there are seven energy centers, but two of them are fixed. So they're not, you can't manipulate them. And that's the red and the violet. So the red is at the bottom of your spine. That's at the base of the spine. Everything enters in through red. And then the one at the very top is the violet. So it's kind of like a readout of everything below. So these energy centers, they exist in our spine. And the red is in the, like I said, the tailbone. The next one is orange. That's kind of in the lower stomach. Yellow, you know, or the orange lower stomach around the belly button. Yellow is kind of the solar plex where your diaphragm is. Green is in your chest, you know, where we talk about having a heart loving in our chest, that energy, that, that heat that we feel there, that's that green ray. Blue ray is more in the, the throat or neck area of the spine. And indigo is the pineal gland in our brain. And then the violet, like I said, is right above the head. And it's a fixed ray. The whole point of life is to move towards the creator, is to experience. And we are all born, our bodies are all born with red, orange, and yellow. These are all existing and activated the moment someone is born. And in the Christian world or the spiritual world or religious world, there was a lack of understanding and a lack of information. So we just didn't know. But when you talk about being dead in sin or separated from God in sin, it was never, it was never spiritually. Because we are all born, once we are born, our mind and our spirits, which is a gift from the Creator, and the whole point of third density is to learn how to love, but it's the consciousness of the spirit as well. So we have to become consciously aware that we have been given a spirit. And that spirit is what connects us to the creator. And 
is how we learn how to love and through the whole spectrum of, you know, positively or negatively. So in the religious world, we've always been taught that we are dead in sin and we fall short of the glory of God, to quote. But what they're saying is that we are, we've been born spiritually dead. And there's no place in the Bible that says we've been born spiritually dead. That's absolutely not true. And that's what I love about the Talmud of Emmanuel. He says this is absolutely ridiculous. No, everybody is born with a spirit. That is a gift from the Creator. And it's our job to nurture it and grow it and strengthen it. And we do that by knowledge. So what was intended was that there is a, a somewhat of a, a threshold that needs to be crossed in life energetically. But no one knew what that was because we didn't know or didn't want to believe that there are these energy centers because we can't see them. So if we can't see them, we don't know them and we fear what we don't understand and, and so on and so forth. But they're real. And the reality is we are born with red, orange, and yellow. And this is what makes up our human nature. We have fight or flight. We have wanting to dominate another person. We have our ego. We, we want to deceive people and, and manipulate people. We want to control whole societies. This is all human nature. I mean, it's just when we look at it, we think of it as gross because it's just so negative. But that's what we all be, we begin our lives from birth with these three centers activated. These are the only ones activated. The reason we don't come out loving right away or we come out lying, cheating, stealing from day one. And, and it's attributed to sin. So people have said, well, we are born sinners. Well, like I said before, with sin, it's, it's one of the most annoying things to me now that I have a better understanding because of how condemning it is to say people are born into sin. It, it's more appropriate, it seems to me, to say that people are born with basic traits. And these basic traits do these basic things. And this, this is for a reason. Because through the evolution of our consciousness, we start with red. Red strives to orange. Orange strives to yellow. Once we strive, once we make it to yellow, then that's where we incarnate as a third density being. And then the next is to strive towards green, which is love. So it's all part of an evolutionary process. And every point in this evolutionary process is a point of learning, potential learning and choices made, genuine choices made by free will preserved for the creator to collect all this information. So we are not born dead in sin because we are spiritually dead. We are born lacking any activation of energy centers above yellow. We are absolutely born with our spirit. Our consciousness, our mind, our spirit, they're connected. Our mind and spirit inhabit the body the moment it's born. So if you want to say that we're born in sin, well, that's one way to put it. It's a pretty negative way to put it. And that's exactly what negative beings would want you to believe. Because if you're told that from day one, then you are inundated, you are raised believing that you aren't worthy. And the truth of the matter is, everybody is worthy from day one because we are all the creator. We are all part of the creator and we are all living for the creator and serving the creator and helping the creator grow in knowledge about itself. So we're not born in sin. We are born lacking certain energy centers, and those energy centers are green, blue, and indigo. Violet is like the, the gauge meter, I guess you'd say. So the whole purpose of third density is to learn how to love. Love yourself, 
or love others. This is done by spiritual awareness. Becoming aware that there is a spirit inside you and there is a light inside you. That the creator has given you this light. This light is life. The breath of life blown into us from the beginning, from that first breath. This is the creator inside of us. This is intelligent infinity. Is that light inside of us. The spirit is what facilitates the connection between the mind, body, and that light. So the spirit is very important. So we must become aware of the spirit, that it is real, it is alive from day one, no matter who you are. But what is dead inside of us is the green, blue, and indigo energy centers. They're all there in potential. They're all there in preparation. They're just not active. So third density life is a life towards activating these next energy levels. So red is your basic strengthening ray. That's constant. That's a foundation. That is your fight or flight. Like I said, that's your basic reproduction. That's your animal instincts. Everything about this ray comes from the earth because the earth brings forth the full potential by the, the light and energy given to it by the sun. So the seed of the man, the seed of the, the sun, the light fertilizes the earth. And the earth's basic job is to keep things alive and to produce life. And so how it does that is through the red ray. So, you know, fight or flight. Once, you know, animals run because that's how they survive. They stay alive longer if they're good at running. They like to procreate. So reproduction is huge. And that is the same energy that's in us in the red ray. Then next you have orange ray. And this is the movement and growth of the individual. Everything on an individual basis. So even as far as uh, individual talents can kind of manifest through this orange ray. But this is always striving towards yellow, and it's, it's called a, a basic ray. It's not called a primary ray. So just like our colors, we got our primary colors, right? We have our primary rays because everything about the primary rays is crucial and important when you get to fourth density because all these primary rays have to be functioning at a minimal amount of distortion to be able to connect or talk with the creator. So yellow is the next ray. And this is a huge primary ray. It's a ray of self and awareness and interaction. It's the great stepping stone ray. So this is the ray where you breach that threshold into love. So green and blue. And once, I guess, a crystallization is a term you, you're probably going to hear me use uh, here in a little bit. But the crystallization of these bottom three rays, this triad of rays of red, orange, and yellow, once these are crystallized and strengthened this this energy together can catapult you towards the green ray and that's like one of the two directions like i said before positive or negative so you realize survival fight or flight reproduction that's the basic needs of any being to survive and live the basic level you have the orange ray that's your individual energy uh, this also is manipulating others individually on the negative side lie stealing, cheating, and all that kind of stuff. Yellow is a very powerful ray, and it comes to pretty much the same thing as orange, but instead of on an individual level, it's on a cultural or societal level or a large groups level. So this country wants to dominate this country and enslave them and and uh, make them serve them, serve all of their needs. So this is yellow ray. Green ray is the ray that has to do with compassion. This is the ray of universal love, unconditional love. 
and this is that energy from this center. Blue ray is the first spiritual ray, I guess you'd say. And everything about this blue energy center, and the energy that comes off and you can also receive as well, it's pretty interesting. But this is like recording everything to your hard drive. So it's like everything from this energy center is integrated with, the, with all three, body, mind, and spirit, your whole nature. And, but it's done without any self-regard for yourself. So all the actions from this ray are of a selfless nature without any hidden motives or expecting anything in return. But it's, it's like a hard drive that, that kind of writes it onto every density of our being. So everything that we learn and everything that we teach, it's kind of everything we learn, it gets seeded or it gets written onto this drive, this hard drive of our body and our mind. And likewise, in, in the opposite direction, when we speak using this blue energy center, this is information coming from the heart of us as well. So it really is the true true essence of the heart of the individual. So that's what makes blue so amazing and makes it the, most, uh, the first spiritual ray is because of this genuineness, this wholeness of self, uh, freely able to be expressed for the first time. So you accept people for their free expression and you're also fearless of expressing yourself as well. And, and that's also according to the motivations of your love, whichever type of love you're using with green ray, positive or negative. And blue is a foundation ray. So there you have your, your primary colors, your primary foundations, your red ray, your yellow ray, and your blue ray. So red ray is your basic survival, your life. This is the energy that, that is fixed to keep you alive. Yellow is what springboards you to the next, to the higher three energy centers. Blue is, I guess you'd say, another springboard towards becoming the creator or seeing yourself as a creator, towards viewing yourself and others as the creator, so viewing yourself with complete worth, that you are absolutely cherished and totally worthy of everything the creator has to offer because he made you specifically for this reason, for him to learn and to serve, so and to make choices, your own choices, so the creator itself can learn as well. Now, after the Blu-ray, it gets into, I guess, like a, a completely misunderstood area. And especially for the church, this is completely misunderstood. It's actually understood, but misunderstood all at the same time, because they are so big about the Holy Spirit, how important that is in the, in the Trinity. And by the way, you know, there can be no Trinity if there is, if everything is just one. If there is only one infinite creator, then there can be no Trinity. And that's what I love about the Talmud of Emmanuel. Emmanuel explains this in precise detail, why he is not part of a trilogy. He is not the one and only son of God. He is a son of one of the angels, that's Gabriel. And he gives all credit to the one infinite creator. And like I said before, says exactly who God is and where God, God's place is in all of this, in this oneness. But the indigo ray is misunderstood but feared at the same time. So the church is all about the Holy Spirit and how it moves. But it's funny how it only seems to move according to the way they think. And... 
other churches have different perspectives. You know, you got the Holy Rollers and you got the Pentecostal churches, slain in the spirit, that type of thing. And you, know, you got Benny Hinn, you got the, all these TV evangelists that are wanting to heal people, striving to heal people. Are they are they in it for the money or are they generally trying to do it to be a service? Uh, only they can they can decide that for themselves. But there's just a little misunderstanding. And if we could resolve this understanding, man, healings would be happening all the time. Because I, I truly believe there are a lot of people that wanting to dedicate themselves to that expression of intelligent energy, which we call the Holy Spirit. So remember, in the beginning, there was infinity. Infinity became aware. That focus of awareness created love. From that love, that focus, infinite energy was created. And that infinite energy is what we call the Holy Spirit. We didn't have any other words for it before, but to more accurately accurately describe it, it is intelligent energy. And it come and it's infinite because it comes from the infinite creator. So the Holy Spirit is that energy that moves, and from that energy the Holy Spirit came light, and from light comes all matter. So the indigo ray is the pineal gland, and this is called considered the great gateway. So this is the energy center once activated. It, it takes a long time through discipline and understanding and removing distortions and balancing the lower, continuing to balance the lower energy levels where this becomes applicable so and usable as far as now you are a conduit for infinite energy, intelligent energy. You are now a conduit to let the creator move through you and use you in a more dependable manner. It's amazing. And this is exactly what Emmanuel showed in the Gospels and all the miracles that he performed and all the healings and changing water to wine, walking on water, you know, raising people from the dead. This is what he activated. This is what he strengthened. This is between his body, mind, and spirit. This is what he was able to accomplish and understood that that is the gateway. That is what lets infinity through which makes anything possible. So you're understanding with your faith that anything is possible because infinity doesn't know any limitations. So you can say to that mountain, you know, throw yourself into the sea. Or you can say to that water, support me. And you walk across the water. This is absolutely possible with this. But in our society today, there's there's no real understanding on how to develop this. And it seems like in the, the Christian world, if you're not showing any of these spiritual abilities, then there's something wrong with you as far as sin goes, where you're just living in sin. You're There's just something that's wrong. Otherwise, you know, you'd be a, a perfect uh, temple for the Holy Spirit. Well, this is kind of hogwash. <laughs> you have to know and understand the truth about your body, the truth about your mind, and the truth about your spirit. And then develop through knowing the process of progression and evolution through these energy centers. And then you can start to do the work and you really have to put work in. So this is the first energy center that is requiring more time to, through discipline to develop. So once you cross the threshold and from yellow and green is activated, blue is immediately accessible as well. It just is waiting for the individual. So when you cross the threshold from yellow and go to green, 
you're actually going to the next two. So green and blue are instantly activated, blue being instantly potentiated, I guess you'd say. So it's able and it's able and ready for the individual to use. The indigo takes more work. And like I said, violet ray is it has its its use, I guess understanding. Well, I talked about healing when when someone is healing you, like Jesus or like Emmanuel talked about, your faith is actually healing you. So the individual is the one healing itself. The healer is just a conduit. But this healing, this conduit of love from the healer is entering through the individual's violet ray. And this is what's allowing the change in illusion. Because remember, everything is light. So everything is vibrations. Everything is vibrating. This is just a dense illusion. So what we think of as like a hologram, this is very much like that, just with an infinite amount of energy behind it and very, very dense. So when you allow healing to take place, you're, you're believing it's possible and you're allowing that energy in and accepting as much as you want or as little as you want through the violet energy center. And it's like a valve that opens and it allows your belief to rearrange your body to a more beneficial configuration for yourself, which also means that you can better serve the creator when you're healed. So you think about this, it, it all comes down to service as well. So how can you best serve the creator? Well, first of all, by telling everybody how you're healed, and that's through the creator, that his light healed you. Your faith is what, and belief in it, is what opened the door to allowing that change, that positive change in the illusion of your body. It's, it's just so amazing when you think about it. It's just so awesome and crazy at the same time how much we've missed out on. And if you think about it, if we would have known this from the get-go, how many of us from birth you know, would have started? Like when we, we talk about sports, the earlier an individual gets started at sports, the better they are in life. I mean, that's just kind of the, the highest percentage of the norm is you get very good at something the earlier you start. Not to say that if you start late, you can't be just as good. That's that's not saying it at all. But there's definitely something to be said about when you start things sooner in life. And so you think about Emmanuel. He had this understanding earlier in life. And when you read through the raw material, you understand that it was brought to his attention early on. And so his life was about learning everything he could learn about what his, the ability he found that he had. And these are the basic steps. These are the beginnings of how to understand this, how to understand things from Emmanuel's perspective. And and it's amazing how it changed from, well, I want to be powerful like him to now I understand him. I understand how just kind of simple and commonplace it seemed for his understanding around people that had no idea how he could do the things that he could do. But from Jesus's point of view and from his understanding that Everybody is capable of this, but you just have to learn it. So you have to gain knowledge. You have to find the truth. You have to know the truth about your body. You have to know the truth about your mind. You have to know the truth about your spirit. So the truth about the, your body is everything evolves around these energy centers. And every experience we have, we're absorbing this energy through the red ray. So it filters up through the red ray. Every action we have has energy behind it. Well, where does that energy come from? Well, it's being filtered or diffused through different colors. And like I said, different colors 
manifest different actions or reactions or perspectives. But now you have a flow of energy and a flow of filtering of this energy. And this energy comes through the feet. It works its way up the legs and enters the red ray. Every experience you have, any energy you are around from another individual, anything around you, you're pulling it in through the red ray. And you think about your, your first reaction usually has to do with fear or anger or reproduction. <laughs> and just kind of the basic fight or flight and self-preservation. Then you have... You know, orange, which is, you know, your individual self and how you interact with other individuals. So if there's a situation you don't like, you, you get angry. And then what's what's next step from getting angry is orange. So the energy is continuing to rise. It's no longer baffled and kept it red. It's allowed to rise up to orange. And how does that energy manifest itself? With orange, it manifests itself uh, through um, maintaining your power or control or will over another person. And if, you know, you, you let this rise even more to yellow, and that's kind of where we get our ego. And this is where we get into manipulation. We become angry. We want to exert our will, our power on another individual. It raises to yellow. Our ego is damaged. And because we got a strong yellow ray, that ego works on using that same energy to now manipulate things to get what he wants and and that's the process and you know that's why when we're younger red and anger is anger is so huge everybody's so quick to anger well that's the 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 energy is allowed to stay in the red energy center and, and what we want to do is we want to get that energy to rise up through and flow through and come out the energy center that we want you know the next time you get mad i mean it's a great visual practice to understand and know that that's red ray energy. We want to let it rise. We want to we want it to rise to the top. We want it to percolate, and we want it to keep going right through. If we're a positive being, or we're, our goal is to build up positive polarity, we want it to rise through orange. We don't want to control, manipulate individuals. We want to let it rise through yellow, which takes ego out of the equation, and we want it to rise to green and blue and then depending on the work we want to do then right up to indigo but that's the process that's every every situation we have in life where we have to make a choice we have to interact with the environment around us the energy all goes through this same process the end goal is to activate all our energy centers get them working efficiently which means we have to balance them and then eventually through balancing and continuing to use them we strengthen them and increase them towards crystallization so you want to think of these energy centers as diamonds we want them to harden like diamonds and that's that's the end goal and that's that doesn't have to be the i guess you'd say the constant goal because it's not necessary for every energy center to be crystallized for someone to say all right they're a complete person or they're whole, or they're balanced, because every single energy center has been crystallized. That's absolutely not the case. Yes, it's been done, from my understanding, and yes, so yes, it's possible. But the, what's more important, especially at the time of harvest, is you want to be, the energy centers need to be functioning in a way, especially the primary energy centers, need to be functioning in such a way that they can communicate with the creator. And that means red, 
yellow, and blue are all working appropriately and balanced and active according to that individual. So whatever that individual has for distortions, biases, and his perspective on how he thinks, how they think they can best serve the creator, that's up to them. It really doesn't have to do with uh, achieving crystallization. We're always striving for it, but what we really want to strive for is balancing and bringing in a harmony of the usage of each one of these different energies as needed to be the best version of ourselves possible to serve the creator the best way possible, which if you're on a positive path, which means serving others around you the best way possible. And that best way possible is according to your perspective. So that's why everything is permissible because everything has to be permissible. Everything has to be seen and digested and understood. And then you can implement what you feel is beneficial or not beneficial for you. And that's going to be different for everybody. And also everybody's talents and abilities are going to come through these energy centers as well. And because we know we all have different talents, we're all going to use this energy differently to manifest these talents, to use these talents. So you know, our primary function in life after becoming aware of this process is to do this fluidly, to blend those energies, to balance the centers as we need in a way that the intelligent energy is able to channel itself with minimal distortions. So we want to be a conduit with the least amount of distortions. Like I talked about in the beginning of snorkeling or scuba diving, you're going to best serve everything around you if you can see things properly. So you want to have that mask clear. You want to have the least amount of distortions. And intelligent energy, which is the Holy Spirit, is the least distorted version of the Creator. Because it is the Creator. It came from the Source. So I'm getting pretty long right now in this recording. I'm sure there's a lot of ands and ums and buts I can take out, which seems to be a lot. I almost called my show the uh, and uh, show. Because <laughs> I edit a lot of those out. <laughs> but anyways, to wrap this up, to kind of go back over what we discussed is having a firm grip of the beginning, the truth of where we come from, this whole existence and what created everything and what it is and its infinity. Infinity became aware. That focus of awareness created love, what we call love. From that love came infinite energy, infinite intelligent energy. And that infinite intelligent energy formed light. And from light, all matter is made. Stars are made. They are co-creators. Stars made planets. Well, stars made universes, solar systems. And within those, they made planets. They made other stars as well. Gave them free will. But free will is paramount. And that is, that is how learning is done. True, genuine learning is done. And the only thing that matters is the learning of the one infinite creator. And we exist to serve that learning process, whether it be negative or positively. And third density, we are in third density right now, and that is, this is our time to choose. Now we have a better understanding of the beginning. Our words that we have to describe this creation, this one infinite being in the beginning, and our better understanding of what love is, and a better understanding of the purity of love within unity. And there is no right and wrong. Everything is permissible. It's up to the individual to decide what is beneficial for themselves, whether it be positive or negative. 
and we learn the truth about our bodies. And this is all having to do with the process of healing. And to begin the healing process, this has to be understood. And so I'll start next time with the mind, and which is the next step after the body. But right now we got a, a basic understanding of the energy centers, red, orange, yellow, green, blue, indigo, violet, and how this energy interacts with us. And, and the whole point of these energy centers is to use this energy and we filter that energy through these different colored energy centers. And that's what comes out as our actions. So when we decide to do something, and this even comes down to our, our mind, understanding the mind, the way we think is also dependent on what energy, what color energy we are using as well. So this is kind of the beginnings. I'm gonna probably stop it right here and I'll continue on where I left off. A few little things I'm gonna cover next time before I get to the mind is just kind of finishing this process of, of how does the energy enter the body and it enters through two different ways and how this, the process of this, how it comes into our bodies, the attraction, this whole process of that and you know just kind of a, maybe a basic of analogy and the next step is balancing. How do we maintain and take care of these energy centers? And that's through balancing. These energy centers can get blocked. And if there's a blockage, that means you can't use anything above that blockage. So if you have a blockage in orange or yellow or red, then every bit of energy coming out of you or running through your mind is gonna be coming from red ray. And so we wanna be able to understand this and know how to prevent it and know how to recognize it when we see it. And this will allow us to let that energy continue to rise to the colored energy center that you want to use. And that what you've realized in your mind you should use in whatever circumstances you see fit at the time. So that's just a little bit of that, I guess, uh, to get the ball rolling on energy centers. I uh, hope everybody enjoyed that. And if there's any comments or questions about this, by all means, feel free to ask in the comment section. I get all the comments and I plan to read through all of them and respond to uh, all if I can. So that is all I have for this recording. This is Insignificant Man and I hope everybody is doing good and I hope that this shutdown ends soon. And in spite of it, I hope this helps everybody's process of what this country, what this world is going through as far as our freedoms being taken away and our economy and our jobs and everything in that light. And just the healing that everybody is going to need in some form, one way or the other. And uh, the people that have been in a life of slavery are now going to be freed. And it's beautiful. You know, people with mental trauma, PTSD, this is a way for them to start the healing process. And I wish the best for them. And, and they're always on my mind. And I'm always looking forward to the day when they can be healed. And when that healing begins, this realization that we're all one can really start to compound and we can all join together. I look forward to those days. All right. This is Insignificant Man signing off. Take care.